do 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 Welcome to the We Do Podcast. That's our new opening jingle. Do 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 do. That's it? <laughs> yeah. You don't like it? I feel like it has to be a little bit more substantive. Uh, like, do like, do 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 I took a video production class for the whole week. It was an intensive. I went every day after work and then I uh, spent all day shooting on Saturday. And then I'm volunteering to record video at our newish church. So I went early today to church. Well, the the church isn't new. It's new for us to go. Yeah, our, our newish church. <laughs> We've been going like a year and, not a year and a half. But it's not really that new, I feel like. We're just more serious about it now than we were a year ago. It's new in that most people probably don't know about it. That's true. Hey guys, we go to church. So <laughs> It's good, I like it. So yeah, Luke was away all week and that left me uh, to do the bulk of the everything else how do you feel about that as a woman oh my gosh not even society? not even as a woman because like i feel like we were both prepared for this week to be hard and you were very helpful last weekend in getting like some of the food situation taken care of but oh i cooked up a storm being being a single person and still having to deal with the like chores and the house size and the life of two people is really fucking hard. Oh my god. Like, having to cook enough so that you would have a lunch and do all of the dishes for both of us. Yeah, all I was week. eating dinner at work too. Yeah, so like, we were, we were cooking, we cooked in advance, but also I cooked all week so that you would have two extra meals the next day. And I did all the dishes the whole week and I did all the like dog stuff. And it was fucking exhausting. And I was just like, I can't understand people who live alone and have a pet and like... Or a child. Or a child. But I mean, just having a pet is hard and like he is much less work than a human baby. I threw that in. If you ever read that article about pet parents and real parents. And then I said it in a tone of, you know, like firemen or women. (laughs) So this article is essentially a a rude woman decided to uh, berate people who have pets and who call themselves pet parents and refer to their dogs or cats as their furry children or furry babies or whatever you want to call them. And she essentially said that unless you are parenting a human, you are not a parent. That's a that's a troll argument because you're setting it up and you're like creating a, a or what is that a, a straw man when you like set it up and then you're like this can't be I'm against it and you're just like creating something that you're to say that you're against it that yeah. is like nobody nobody is that like what is she painting Yeah why is she like so she's just like 
mad about the semantics of it. Just calling don't yourself a parent. Just don't engage with it because obviously it's <sighs> like you're a person that is in charge of an animal who can't reason in a human way and is reliant on you for Everything. care and stimulation and food and a lot of these things overlap with babies who cannot reason in a human way yet because their brains are not ready because our brains are too big anyway blah, they, blah, come blah, blah. The, okay. they come out of the womb and they're not ready that's why <laughs> i'm putting my hand over his mouth i don't need you to to go through all of this right now that's why deer can come out of the womb and run right away because their brains don't have to be so big so you know don't engage that's the that's the moral that's of the, the story moral. because otherwise what's the alternative then we have to say, what am I supposed to call myself? Is the implication that I am a slave owner? And then you get into it, then you get into it. And then nobody's, that's why I go to church, because we are all one and we are all loved. <laughs> uh, do you think people use this podcast as like sleep with me? Where they just listen to your like monotone Absolutely not. I take offense. <laughs> they listen to your monotone rantings to fall asleep. I don't think so, but that reminds me of Cincinnati chili. <laughs> you know, it's the chili where there's chocolate in it. I think you put it over spaghetti. Have spaghetti you guys, really? Have you guys listened to this really podcast like yet? Noodles are really <laughs> delicious. Stop, Frank. We for started. My sake. We started listening to that podcast that you listened to to put you to sleep, and. The stuff he was saying, I just started, it woke you up because I just started laughing. <laughs> you laugh at anything that's supposed to make you go to sleep. We once listened to, <laughs> we once listened to a guided meditation, uh, on an app that I had that I found very soothing to like help my breathing regulate and help me fall asleep. And Luke. Was it even words? It was just like no, it was words. noises. So. It was words. It was like, take a deep breath in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now let it out. Breathe out all of the difficulties of your day. And it we couldn't have I been left. more we couldn't have been more than thirty seconds in before he was dissolved into giggles. Thirty seconds is long. I have laughed almost immediately. It was it was really not helpful. So I was listening to Sleep with Sleep with Me, is that what it's called? Uh I'd never heard it before. I think it's called Sleep With Me. Uh which is a podcast from like, I don't even know who this guy is, but he has a very uh, monotone voice, and he rambles for over an hour. And he sometimes tells a story, but honestly, I fall asleep before he gets to the story. I fall asleep in the intro. Well, you... That's the thing is, I don't think you have trouble falling asleep. I don't have trouble falling asleep, but in times where, like, I had coffee later in the day, or you get home really late, and so, like, you're really amped up, and... It just like confuses my brain. I need the like to the descent into like sleepy time. And so if I don't have that, that I found that podcast to be helpful mm -hmm. to help me descend into sleepy time. But you did not like it. Oh, uh, you! It woke you up because the it, bed was shaking from me laughing. No, you laughed out loud. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I bit you. Uh. Anyways. So it's been a tough, a tough week. Have you ever? Uh, you've eaten dinner at work before. Yeah, many times. Like when you bring your own lunch and you bring your own dinner. Yeah. 
Have you ever eaten all three meals at work? Yeah. Not, not bringing, not necessarily bringing all of them, but like, uh, I've like bought breakfast at work and then brought my own lunch and dinner. Yeah. I've done a whole combination where I bring breakfast and dinner and I buy lunch. (laughs) All three work meals in a day is so depressing. It is really depressing. And also you really confuse everyone in your office. I don't know about you, but my my Uh, kitchen is open. Everybody wants to know if you're having a late lunch, what's the deal? Why do you have food? I'm like, you know what? We could have this conversation or it seems like you're leaving as normal. So you could just do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it definitely confuses people. Although people in my office tend to stay pretty late, so they're more just interested in what you're cooking and less uh, confused by the fact that you're eating. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I I guess in my office there's always somebody because it's uh, they have a help desk in there, so like they have people, to be there, there are like early shifts and late shifts and stuff, so yeah. there's always somebody around, I guess. Fair enough. <sighs> So yeah, crazy times. I hope this week will be less crazy. Yeah. We're going ice skating on Wednesday. I'm pretty pumped about that. Oh, that's right. I got to, uh, we got to nail down our guests that we're bringing. Yeah. It's so, a Yelp, Yelp, uh, event. Yeah. Luke and I this are both pretty good. Yelp elite, which Usually is. Usually they're restaurant stuff. Yeah. They've been, they've been branching out recently and I'm very excited about it. So if you don't know what Yelp Elite is, if you write Yelp reviews a lot, like we do, um, you can apply to become a, a Yelp Elite member, which means you then are part of a special group of people in your city that gets invited to events like restaurant openings or like special tasting events or like a new bar is opened and they want to get people in so that they can get more sort of publicity. So we get to go to lots of events where we get free food and drink, or we get to go to, we went to like an escape the room for free. Um, what else? Boy, I could tell you about escape the room. Yeah. So they have lots of stuff. Most most of the time it's, uh, restaurants and bars and stuff, but this time we get to go ice skating and I'm pretty excited. Yeah, that should be good. I haven't gone ice skating in maybe three years. Oh yeah. I haven't gone in such a long time. I think you went the last time with my sisters. I don't remember. We were visiting my house. They pretended to be figure skaters and it was very embarrassing. No, I didn't go to that. (laughs) They love to pretend to be figure skaters, even though neither of them has figure skated a day in their life. That's good. But do you know how to skate backwards? No, they do know how to skate oh. backwards. So I think that's the the key. Yeah. I know how to, to kind of like wiggle your butt a little bit so that you kind of go backwards, but nothing, nothing yeah. exciting. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad was really into the Home Shopping Network, mm-hmm. and he bought me uh, roller balls. Do you know what a rollerball is? It sounds like it's going to be a rollerblade, but instead of a wheel, there are balls. It's a it's an inline skate like rollerblades. Uh, rollerblades have three wheels. Uh-huh. Rollerballs have two enormous balls oh, on the front. And that's not back. what I was picturing. Yeah, it it is a lot easier. <laughs> but I use them like four times because the, why? Yeah, that's pretty strange. Can you go sideways easy? Uh, I assume like like picking your feet up and walking. No, like skating sideways. If it's a ball, can't you move in any direction, not just forwards and backwards? 
Well, it is attached to the shoe. I don't know. I'm, so you I'm lose, picturing you lose like an a, axis of rotation. I'm when you picturing like a shoe. Dyson vacuum can move more directions. Well, if it if it could if it pivoted like that, you'd fall off. Oh, I don't know. Imagine imagine riding a Dyson vacuum. <laughs> That's what I was imagining. One of those really big balls. Well, it doesn't work quite like that. Maybe if we ever go home and visit, maybe they still have it. Yeah, you. we have to clean out, like, all of your, like, as seen on TV stuff out of your parents' house. And just my room in general, like, a lot of it is still old stuff. I, I never really got like into... It's like you were a 14-year-old. Well, I never really got into uh, decorating, so it would just be like, oh, I'll put that up, why not? And then I'd forget about decorating for three years. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll put this other thing up. So you can see my room as like an archaeologist dig. <laughs> and there's like little eras here and there. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, this must be from, like, judging by the markings here. Yep. I have a lot of, uh, like, uh, weird certificates from elementary school. And then I have, uh, like, a poster from a museum exhibit that I did not go to. Uh, from like 1999 or mm -hmm. something. Yeah, lots of weird stuff. You're a weird kid. So all of that can just go. I don't know why they kept it. <laughs> we'll have to clean it out next time we visit. Mm -hmm. Do you still have a lot of stuff at home? No, you cleaned out most of it. Well, when I went away to college, they co-opted my room since I was the only uh, kid in my house that had her own room. One of my sisters moved in. So I had to empty my room out and stuff got put in that closet, and then that closet got emptied out, and stuff got put in a different closet, and then that closet got emptied out, and then this final resting place was in the attic, which... You have, I, like, a plastic tub of stuff. Yeah, my parents have been, like, really upset. Every time I come home, they're always like, you need to clean out all your stuff in the attic, as if the entire attic was full of my stuff. And eventually I did it the last time that we were there, and there was literally two boxes. And I was like, you guys can't hold on to two boxes. There's like six boxes of camping gear and you haven't gone camping in like five years. Is it a situation where it's like, here's two boxes and then you could like take some stuff out of them, but you still need two boxes? Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> so like, it doesn't take up any less space. There are two boxes of like the most important stuff of my entire childhood. So like the like report that I presented to like my middle school sixth grade class because it like won an award or something. And my like, very first sewing project. Like, all stuff that I'm like, I want to show my kids this. It's not taking up all that much space. Like, I got rid of... The only things I got rid of while I was there were um, some, like, notebooks from college that I wanted to keep at the time and uh, all my softball trophies. Because mm -hmm. who gives a shit about parks and recreation softball? You got second place. Great job. <laughs> oh, so you don't want that. No, I got rid of those things. Oh, okay. And everything else, I'm like, I'm going to keep this. This is important stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, if I, what comes to mind for stuff that I'm like, I, w I would keep that. I don't know if we even still have it, but when I was very young, I'm going to say, I don't know, 11 or maybe younger, uh, I did a report on whales. I'd keep <laughs> that. It was pretty good. Uh I printed it, like, it was almost exclusively from uh, information from the CD-ROM of Encyclopedia Encarta or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
plagiarized? So not even, like I I read all the articles and then I like rewrote what I thought was interesting, but then like I just you know I'm a this is pre Google so I like I encarted I just wrote whales in the search <laughs> and then uh, like the picture of the whale I took that and that was the cover of the thing and then everything in there that I thought was interesting I was like whales live this long there's this many kind of whales like I mean that's <laughs> all just a list of facts that's all we were expected to do I think yeah but uh, I really remember it for some reason it really sticks out we had to we had to do it in uh, like we printed them out and then each page went into a plastic divider oh, uh -huh. and uh, the, your whole thing went into a three ring binder uh -huh. so then like that's why I had to have a cover with a picture mm -hmm. and uh, I, I maybe had to do the exact same report I did mine in manatees and it was the first time my mom taught me how to do research at the library so we didn't have the Encarta on CD-ROM. I had to go and physically take the encyclopedias out. And I remember her trying to explain to me what we needed to do. And I started crying in the middle of the library because I was so overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, it was really weird. Like, this is, like, further in the future. It was really weird to me when I, when I learned that research was not looking stuff up in the encyclopedia, uh, which is... Uh, all they expected of me in public school, yeah, elitist alert. <laughs> but when I switched to a private high school, I had a very nice teacher who caught me up and explained to me that one source and one source being the encyclopedia is not research. Research. I mean, I can see in elementary school you only using the encyclopedia. Yeah, it was fine for the whales report. Yeah, <laughs> got me pretty far with the whales report. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to check this out when we go back next time. So what uh, wedding stuff are we doing? We're going to the tasting soon in yeah. two weeks. You, you bring that up every time, and I feel like we're going to record like four more episodes before well, we that's actually the biggest, go. That's the biggest thing. We're doing that soon. We You, you just looked up uh, a bunch of people who have had their wedding at our location. Our location. So that's good intel. We're setting up... Uh, Save the dates are going to go out soon, so corresponding to that, we're setting up our website so people can open their save the date and then the website is there. So you did some research on what other people have put that have the same venue. Yeah, because our venue is kind of complicated in terms of like picking rooms and stuff. Right. And then there's basically like you're anticipating people are going to stay there multiple days and not just like we're having it in New York or having it in Boston and people will stay in town and then they they like you know in a city you can kind of figure it out on your own but this is like one place they're all there on the grounds um we I'm like overly concerned I probably shouldn't be this concerned about <laughs> the uh, how many people we can fit on site because the accommodations yeah we have we have 50 rooms and it's going to be tight depending on how many people say yes so i'm nervous that we're not going to have enough places for people to stay and since it's pretty remote location wise um i've been looking up other places and there's um 
having our photographer stay down the road in a different retreat center, which only has like four rooms. So our one is sort of a, a like Conference a social, center. a social, socially oriented and literary oriented, and yeah. this other one, yeah, it's smaller and it's uh, like meditation farm. and farm. Yeah, new age spirituality farming stuff. Yeah, and slash farming. Stuff. They have very. It sounds like they have very few rooms. So they're on Airbnb, and so we got her her room that way. And then I felt like that wasn't having four rooms wasn't going to satisfy my anxiety. So four rooms may be plenty. Like we may be totally fine. With- it's yeah. It's tough to say because the amount of people that we're inviting is corresponding to, uh, our limit is the amount of seats in the reception, but then, uh, that many people don't necessarily fit in the right combinations to use up all the rooms. Like there might be extra people, even though it's the right number of people, but they can't all stay. Yeah, like it's a... You they can't all stay in three and fours in a room. Yeah, you get a, a room that has a queen bed, a full bed, and a twin bed, and it's like that's a very specific combination of people. Yeah. And anyone who's a single person who wants their own room and is willing to pay for their own room, that's one less person in the overall bed count. So we found a, a hotel that's like 20 minutes away. Which has 16 rooms. Seems pretty nice. Yeah, it seems pretty nice. And they're letting us do a, a block, which I had to like very quickly research how to reserve a hotel block. Because we didn't think that that was something we were going to need to do. So I had no idea what we were supposed to do. But it was pretty straightforward. The um, Essentially, you have to find out what their policy and process is. Some places uh, require you to guarantee a certain number of rooms, and if you don't get that many rooms reserved, then you are charged for them. So that's a terrible idea. So, so there's like a minimum. Yeah, so if a hotel makes you do that, you should say, no, thank you. Probably most like chain-type hotels do that, right? I feel like no. I mean, no. I, I, I think we didn't it, look. We didn't look yeah, into it. I think it depends on like the area and like the scarcity of rooms and if it's high season or whatever. But right. um, the good type type of hotel block is called a courtesy block, where um, they will like put aside a certain number of rooms for you, and uh, you have to release them by a certain date if they're not reserved Mm -hmm. so they can still sell them at their like regular rate and fill them but you have sort of first dibs right that's also maybe you just said it but like ours is reserved but there's no discount yeah there's no discount which honestly i'm perfectly fine with because i would think that a lot of the places would either be that way or the other way where there is a discount, but then you you have to guarantee rooms. Yeah, so they're, like, eminently reasonable. We have, like, up until, like, a month, a month and a half before the wedding, before we need to release the rooms. So I feel a sigh of relief that we have a backup plan. We may or may not need to use it, and, like, we don't have to worry about it. It doesn't hurt as much if nobody goes there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you see the, 
their specialty thing is like it's it's like an art collective or something so people go there to like paint oh i mean i saw that they were like an artist something or other from their emails but it was something like they do workshops for that kind of stuff like visual art and then possibly also like chocolate making cool is that true you didn't read that no i didn't read that well, maybe it was a different one then oh but I think it's this one. If you if you end up uh, booking late, or if we invite you late, sorry, uh, you might stay at this place. You can tell us. I mean, they, they seem pretty cool. The weird part is that this part of the Catskills is all like throwbacks to like Dirty Dancing era, like Catskills resorts where it's family camp. Yeah, it's essentially family camp. You so you never you don't pay for the room. You pay f per person. Uh, and you get all your meals included. So a bunch of places are called resorts, and the price is for three meals a day and double occupancy, like mm -hmm. a cruise, essentially. Yeah. And they have tons of activities. And I was like, this is so strange. I just want a normal bed and breakfast or a hotel or something. Right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I guess it's just regional. That's where that stuff still can exist, I guess. Yeah. But the only what else is going on? the only other thing no there's a couple other things actually. you're working on you're working on your your cheese prop yeah so I'm working on my cheese prop but did um, we talk about that last time yes okay but uh, the more exciting part is we're thinking now about like the stuff that we're gonna serve with the cheese um, so you got your fruit you got your nuts probably got some chocolate but it is quince season right now uh, so quinces are local locally grown quinces are uh, very cheap at the co-op. So I bought something like 11 pounds of quince on Friday, and I spent all day yesterday making uh, quince paste. Did you know what quinces looked like before? No. I didn't realize how fuzzy they were. I didn't either. I Well, I right. I didn't know what quinces looked like either. I thought they would be more like a fig type. Yeah. But it's more like a wrinkly apple. Yeah, it's like a weird wrinkly apple with a lot of fuzz, but not like peach fuzz where it's like nice to touch. It's more like it, it, doesn't, it like grew its own dust. It so doesn't it like, seem like it's a growing out of the, like a peach has fuzz that's... Like hair. Yeah, like growing out of the peel. Yeah. But this is stuff that it seems like is part of the quince, but is... Uh, it looks like debris that it has just attracted. Yeah, it looks like it's like very dusty, and I wash them all. Let me tell you, 11 pounds of quince takes almost two hours to wash, peel, and cut because their cores are not like cylindrical like an apple. They're like uh, not really a pit, but kind of like long. Like if you could combine an apple core and a peach pit, that sort of like weird shape that they would create where it goes from top to bottom, but there's, like, this big fat middle that's, like, very oh. hard. It is very difficult to cut them up, is what I'm trying to say. Oh. So it took almost two hours to, like, prep them. Never mind cooking them and then pureeing them and then, like, boiling them down and mm. adding all the sugar. So it took all day, and I made so much fucking quince paste, you will never believe it. This, this is going to surely get us through the wedding, and we're probably going to have tons of leftovers. 
And it keeps forever, is that right? I mean, it keeps in the fridge. Like, there's literally, uh, for every pound of puree, of pureed fruit, there's a pound of sugar. It is, like, completely preserved in sugar. So we're... <laughs> so it's in the fridge, and it's going to be in there for a year. Let's see, November. So you're keeping it for nine months. Yeah. And I have no doubt that this is going to be okay. exactly the same. It's like a human baby or dog. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it was a lot, but I'm pretty proud of it. You had some. Do you have any feedback? Mm -hmm. I like it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I, it's very weird that it turns orange. Like I'd only seen paste before. I'd never seen real fruits. So when you look at the quince, it looks like a green apple and then it's, it's white very inside. weird. It's, yeah, it's very weird that it turns into this completely other color as the paste. Yeah. When you, fir when you first make it, like you cook it, it looks like cooked apples. You puree it, it looks like applesauce. And then you cook it over low heat for like two hours. I think it's good. And it good. turns to this like bright, rosy, orangey kind of color. Oh, yeah, I've, I've been uh, picking at some of the scrappy parts, the parts that get cut off. Yeah, so... Pretty yeah. proud of myself. Uh, maybe it will be easier to cut into core to core quinces if somebody buys us this uh, utility knife that we registered for you guys. Oh, do we not talk about knife shopping? I have to imagine not. We went like last weekend. Oh yeah, is you're that right. right. Oh my gosh. What what year is it? Guys, guys, guys. Registry, the registry was kind of the bane of our existence for a while. I put a bunch of stuff on it, and then I took a bunch of stuff off, and then Luke looked at it and said, I hate all of this, and we took even more stuff off. I had a, I had an anxiety problem because I'm an anxious person, but specifically about this, uh, there was a lot of stuff on there that I, like, wasn't, I, I was like, do we want this? I didn't know I wanted this. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I want stuff on there that, like, we'll have for a long time and will remind me of whoever gets it for us, you know? Yeah, we talked about it in the, when we talked about registry specifically, but it's tough because there's, there are certain, like, types of things that would make a lot of sense to get on a registry that we would have to, like, put in a storage unit or something. Yeah. If we got it now. But we went to, uh, Corin Japanese Trading, which is a Japanese knife uh, maker and also importer. Uh, it's an industry place, so everyone in there was a culinary student or worked at a restaurant. Like, uh, literally, someone next to us was buying a knife, and they said, oh, what account is it? And he, like, gave his restaurant's name, and they, like, charged it to the restaurant or something. Uh, so it was very serious. It was wall-to-wall -wall knife cases. Uh, it's, it's possible that this is the only American location, maybe? I'm not sure. But it was beautiful. And then they have cases in the back, kind of like a jewelry store. And the guy who helped us, Jack, just... Uh, we told him what we were doing. We're registering for knives. And he interviewed us about, like, what... So what kind of stuff do you guys cook? Do you cook all the time? Do you cook every meal? How much effort do you want to put into taking care of these knives? And he like showed us all kinds of stuff and really like helped us figure out what was right. Yeah, like he would give us a knife and say, uh, tell me what you think about this knife. And we would say, 
mm, I don't like the way that it feels in my hand or I, it seems a little heavy or something about it just isn't driving with me. And he would go, okay, I know, I know the next one I should get you. And he would get you one based on your feedback for the last one until you hit on the jackpot knife. And we'd already looked into, uh, this was the third knife store that we went to and knives, knife stores, uh, it turns out Suck. are like, they don't really exist, I guess, except for this one. Because you pretty much just buy knives at kitchen stores. So, uh, it was also weird. I looked up knives. I did, like, a little research. And I came out with, like, here are three that I want to try. And no store has all... No store has more than one of them, actually. Yeah. Each store we went to only had one that we were, like, specifically looking to try. Because just, like, kitchen stores only carry... Three or four want. brands of knives. Yeah. So that's all they that's all they have, and none of them, none of the ones on my list were ones that sort of overlap. Yeah, I mean, I think what we liked the most about the last store was that the people helping us knew a lot about knives, and they also like knew how to like um, like explain to us why a, a specific type of knife would be good or not good for our lifestyle. Whereas, like, we went to Sur La Table, and they had, like, very basic information about, like, you know, you should get this knife over this knife if, you know, you uh, do a lot of cooking on, like, cooking vegetables. Or if you cook meat, this knife would be good. But, but pretty much just, like, printed, really. I mean, like, I, I get it. Sur La Table is, like, even though it's upscale, it's basically, like, a retail place. Like, yeah. they have them at the mall. And the people that work there aren't experts in every thing that they have like they're not mixer experts and knife experts and you know yeah it's so just i get that it's fine it just was like a i could have done that research same for the other knife place yeah. we went to like, it was pretty much well sir the top it was pretty much like they unlocked the case for you and you can like they did they did have real vegetables that you could cut on yeah so, that was the only good part about it but the person can't really help you if you have questions yeah so then we went to a like independent specialty kitchen store to look at the second knife on my list and that place was slightly better but still like the person didn't really help us yeah i wouldn't even say they it was just, slightly better we didn't even have anywhere to like pretend to chop things i would say that they had better knives than that's true top. that's true but uh so then we went to corin and uh so there are three knives on my list so corin was the last place and it was the the last one that we didn't get a chance to physically try, so we went there, and I told I told the guy which one it was, and he uh, we started off with those. He gave them to us, and I picked it up, and immediately my impression of it was like, we are going to buy this one. Yeah. It was like you had your Ollivander's wand shop, like this is my wand the moment. Wand. I wrote that in the, I wrote that on Zola, the wand chooses the wizard. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the first thing I thought of, which there isn't a pithy quote, is uh, the mythology of Star Wars is that the uh, the lightsaber, the the part that makes the sword part, the laser part come out, is a little crystal inside the metal part that mm -hmm. you hold, and the crystal uh, the crystal chooses you. Mm. It's part of your training. Mm. And so I looked that up, and there wasn't a a good like one liner. So I had to go for the Harry Potter one. I think the Harry Potter one is just fine since I don't like Star Wars. 
It was the same for you, right? You picked it up and yeah. it was like, wow. I was like, I love it. The it's, end. Adam's and the, all the other ones where I was like, yeah, this is good. Like, I could see myself using this. It was very it was, dramatic. Yeah, it was dramatically like, oh, I was a, I was mistaken about those other ones. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> their fault. Yeah, because knives, I mean, we have... Uh, we have a good amount of knives. Yeah. Our, the knives we have are, on the most part, average. We have, uh, like, one or two above average. Mm-hmm. And the ones we tried are all pretty much like above average. And so they're all kind of like, these are knives. And then we tried the last one and we're like, this is amazing. Yeah. This is playing at a different level than these other knives. Yeah. Oh man. So So that one's good. That was exciting. Please give me that one. If you are coming. That round, that rounded out our, uh, our registry. Are we done with our registry now? Uh, we're done with, reviewing everything that was on there before oh now you're gonna add some crazy stuff well there's like uh we have a base and we have everything that's on there is good because you were saying like before you put on like i want pillowcases so then you put on any pillowcases and then so later we then went through and like really figured out which kind we wanted so uh we did we've done all that now and i have a list of stuff that's kind of like if we feel like being more complete with the registry, we can look into these. Or if, like, for some reason, uh, a lot of stuff is bought off the registry and it's, like, early. And so most things are claimed. Yeah. And it seems, like, strange. Then we can... These are the things we can add on after. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. I mean, like, some of the stuff is obviously stuff that... Uh, we wouldn't put out, like, one of the things on the list is a smoker, which is, like, we wouldn't get that. It doesn't make sense here. It's one of those things we'd have to put it in a storage unit. Yeah. Like, we're not actually going to get that, but it's just, like, it would be be fun to have a smoker. Yeah. So, some of them are more real stuff. Yeah. So, we might, I might actually get to those. (sighs) It's good. It's good to check things off the list. Yeah, we're tightening up. We're getting there. Uh... Really, the, like, getting out the save the dates is the first sort of, like, big checklist because then that triggers the website and then the website triggers the registry. So yeah. at least, like, first versions of all that stuff has to be ready. So. We're getting there. Does it feel more real or the same because you've same. been thinking about that stuff the whole time anyway? Same. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about this stuff forever. But it's nice to, like... It's nice to, like, have other people involved now. Have a draft finished. Yeah. It's like a milestone of, uh, even if we still add more or tweak it around. Yeah. One thing that's been really good, and I'm I'm pretty proud of myself for this, because normally I'm an obsessive. I think about things, even after I've made a decision, I obsess over them still. And for this process, because there's so many decisions that have to be made and so many moving parts... Uh, I haven't really obsessed over stuff after we've crossed them off the list. So, like, we pick the venue, and I'm not, like, still, like, searching other venues. Or, like, I picked my dress, and I'm not, I'm no longer, like, doing my morning routine of going to, like, uh, nearly newlywed, uh, still white, uh, pre-owned wedding dresses, bolden. Like, I'm not doing that to just look at everything that's still out there. Once I got it, I was like, okay, I'm done thinking about this. I have it. Like, this is not something I have to worry about anymore. Mm-hmm. Once we pick the, like, bridesmaids sort of uh, schema that we're doing, I'm no longer, like, 
looking at all of these sites that have different bridesmaids dresses on them. So I'm pretty uh, excited whenever we cross anything like this off the list where like save the dates are out. So like I don't have to worry about like any, we don't have to worry about the guest list anymore because the guest list has been finalized enough that all the people who are getting save the dates are also going to get invites. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to like think about that. It's one less thing. Well, I think it's been a productive couple of weeks for us. Mm-hmm. We're going to have lots of stuff going on the next couple of weeks. I don't know if I mentioned this, but we're going to the tasting. Oh, wait. Are we going to the tasting? I didn't know. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll check in with you guys after the tasting because I can't take any more updates where Luke is like, have we talked about going to the tasting anymore? I don't know how to talk, so I have to have a prepared item to share with people. So <laughs> we just whenever watched... anybody asks about the wedding, I always tell them the tasting is coming up. Uh, we just watched an episode of, of West Wing where the president of Indonesia comes and President Bartlett has nothing to say to him because they like don't really know each other. So... Uh, throughout the episode, <laughs> President Bartlett will go, did you know we're having salmon for dinner? <laughs> Do you like salmon? And the, the president of Indonesia is like, no, I don't like salmon. And then five minutes later, President Bartlett's like, did I tell you that we're having salmon for dinner? <laughs> okay, we'll leave you on that note. I hope you guys are having a great time. Uh, if you haven't already, please rate and subscribe uh, on iTunes uh, or your various and sundry uh, podcasting applications. In your review, tell us what you dressed up for as Halloween. Yeah. As Halloween? Oh my gosh, Luke, you're falling apart. Uh, if you have a question or a thought or something that you want us to talk about on a later podcast, you can email us at wedopodcast at gmail.com. Okay, thanks guys. do 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 This has been the We Do Podcast. I am Luke and she is Megan. That is the end. We're getting married sometime. Bye. This is the We Do Podcast. It has... Oh, wait. This is the end one. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to try again. Do 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 do. That has been the We Do podcast. I'm my uh, uh, fuck fuck